Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. Happy New Year to you. I guarantee you this, I have missed you way more than you have missed me. Let me give a big shout out to my dear friend and sister Sharon Reed for doing a remarkable job in my absence. We have a full and packed show today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, Yasmin Alia Khan, host of Global Thread Podcast, the breakdown contributor. Should be a fascinating breakdown because she's a fascinating person. Top story of the day, Republicans are imploding on each other. So now you literally have Matt Gates against Donald Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene against Matt Gates and Boebert, and McCarthy against all of them except for Donald Trump. I know it gets confusing. So let me first do this. While the GOP has decided to allow an individual named Matt Gates, who's under investigation for trafficking an underage child, they have allowed him to become the deal maker, to become the power broker. Here's an element worth highlighting. Let's do this, put up the picture, full mass. Of McCarthy. Let me break it down this way. So the House is holding another vote today to try to elect a speaker after failing on his first six attempts. Now, basically, you have roughly 20 people, maybe a little less now, stopping that process from going forward. You have GOP Representative Kevin McCarthy of California struggling to win over a faction of conservative members. These individuals are completely opposed to his candidacy. McCarthy has fallen short every single ballot. Now, let me be very clear. All of these individuals are advocating for their own power, not for you, not for policies to actually create remedy, solution, a fix in this societal construct. They are looking for power. So the negotiations behind closed doors, that's the aim. But I will say this about strategy. At the end of this debacle by conservatives, the fringe representation of the Republican Party will have more power than before. That's what will happen, why? Because these individuals are not willing to allow McCarthy a pathway to victory without particular Rules or assignments established, there's more. Let me show you how bad it is. Hannity and Boebert got into it, here it is. You said to President Trump, you, you said earlier today that President Trump needs to tell Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy you don't the have the we votes. We come up Hold with a consensus candidate to elect a Can speaker of the House. You don't have the votes and it's time to withdraw. He has 203, your side has 20. Why is it time for him to withdraw and not you when he has so many more votes? Well, Sean, he needs 218 and he does not have 218. We've been trying Neither to work this you. out in private, as you said, for months. But Kevin McCarthy didn't even want to listen to us until his disappointing midterms. We all want a unified party, but this isn't chaos. It's a functioning constitutional republic. When everything is said and done, okay, I like the uh, House Republicans will be stronger and better prepared to lead than we ever have before. I believe that this read? is what our founding fathers intended. And okay, this is showing yesterday that you 
voted. votes are working. Our votes aren't just an, uh, a cast. Congresswoman, I'd ask you not to filibuster. Damn. When Sean Hannity says, Congresswoman, I ask you not to filibuster to another Republican who used to co-sign everything he said and vice versa, it is a different day. Now keep in mind, this also indicates the weakening power of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has endorsed McCarthy. Donald Trump is calling members of Congress in the Freedom Caucus, as they call it. He's calling them saying, hey, I need you to back my guy. But the Freedom Caucus has decided not to listen to their at least one time beloved leader. The occult like following of Donald Trump has diminished so much that he no longer even controls the political class that once would sign off on anything he said. There's more, let's put up the Marjorie Taylor Greene, Bobert and Matt Gates. Now remember, what you're seeing are three individuals who typically would always agree. That is no longer the point, that is no longer the reality. Here's the point, Green questioned why Gates continued to oppose McCarthy's leadership, despite calling the compromise on the GOP rules package exquisite. Green also slammed Boebert, who narrowly won reelection in November for taking McCarthy's money for reelection, but not supporting him. So let's be 100 here. What is the true ideology of all of these individuals? It's not conservative policy or the historical dynamics connected to the platform of the Republican Party. McCarthy has no backbone, period. But none of them truly have a leadership dynamic that's face or facing for you. They do not represent the best interest of their particular constituents nor this country. They represent their interests. The actual ideology is power. That is their ideology. So if this is confusing, replace whatever sentiment you assumed they were fighting on or for and replace that with the element of power. That is the ideology at play. There's more, another member of the extreme right wing faction, not a member of Congress, someone who could not win a gubernatorial seat. Well, here's a video. It's worse. It gets worse. I it mean, does. with President right. Trump, they did this. They did this in the middle of the night, and our movement was so big and so powerful that they couldn't just do this in the middle of the night. They had to pull out all the stops and do this in broad daylight so everyone saw it. The way we get it uh, changed is we get. A, the real governor, the duly elected governor, myself in there to work with lawmakers to change our laws, put some teeth into the laws. And frankly, we need to uh, recall everyone at the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. This woman is off her rocker. She's a former news anchor, once an anti-Trump individual, has become a pro-Trumper. But she says she's the duly elected governor of Arkansas. She's the duly of Arizona, excuse me, the duly elected governor of Arizona. That's what she says she is. Nobody said that about her. She said it herself. 
So what do we have here? We have individuals who are so delusional, they are proclaiming things completely contrary to truth or facts. Also, this person is still an effective fundraiser for the GOP. But her personality aligns with those in the GOP Congress. It's going to be fascinating to see exactly how this plays out. But once again, you cannot say these folks represent the fringes. No, they now represent the mainstream of the conservative movement. My dear sister thoughts here. This is all such a mess. And while it's certainly amusing for so many of us as spectators, it really is kind of embarrassing. We're supposed to be the pinnacle of democracy in the world. And we literally don't even have a functioning Congress right now. And the hippopotamus in the room that I don't think is actually being discussed very much is that this is all deliberately obstructionist while masquerading as some sort of benevolent strategy that will ultimately benefit these Republican constituents. We remember that Roger Stone had laid out a plan where he intended to maneuver Donald Trump into the speakership and Representative Matt Gates seemed to be on board with that attempt. Matt Gates has now voted for Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. It's all so farcical and as entertaining as it has been, it's getting a little stale, even Sean Hannity is over it. And that said, McCarthy is still making concessions in an effort to court these votes. So we'll have to see where we finally end up there. And as far as Carrie Lake, like, is this just how democracy works these days? Can we just declare ourselves things and then we are that? Like, can I be a princess? I know that that's not American, but neither is any of this, right? Carrie Lake needs to take the L on this one and pivot to something else. She's chasing relevancy. She's not, nobody, nobody is worried about Arizona right now. The actual governor of Arizona has already been sworn in, she's got to move on. Yeah, this is what happens when you are inspired by Donald Trump. All right. We have an update to a story. We covered this story of a four year old child who was under the supervision of a swimming coach who would not allow parents to watch the training who had these ridiculous rules to eliminate transparency. That four year old died, we covered it, she was not charged. We called for charges as soon as this story became public, as soon as we knew about it. But there's an update, that swimming coach has been charged. Uh, this was in Burke County, let's put up the picture full mask. You're looking at a very sad situation. Burke County, Georgia, a swimming instructor has now been issued a warrant for her arrest for the drowning death of a four year old under her care. Lexi Tunison has been charged with the June 14, 2022 drowning of four year old Israel Izzy Scott, who was under her care while taking swimming lessons. Now, I'm going to show you how the cover up started, how the authorities refused to do exactly what they are commissioned and sworn to do. And if it had not been for the outcry from the mother, local media, and people like you, this woman would have never faced the consequences of her negligence and crime. Here's the recap of the tragedy. So Israel was one of 10 
one of 10 children attending lessons being provided by the swimming coach. That day at a home in Hezebah, according to police. This is a police report obtained by people. The, uh, she told police she allowed the kids to take a lap across the pool in the shallow end. Even encouraging them to put their heads under water as much as they could, the document states. Israel, the four year old, somehow ended up in the deep end just as the lesson was coming to a close, police said in the report. Now, keep in mind, somehow got into the deep end, somehow is on the police report. So the instructor and the other students had already gotten out of the pool by that point, according to the narrative. She told police she did not notice the child was missing until her granddaughter, who was about to pull out the pool of vacuum, noticed his limp body at the bottom of the pool. You only have a handful of children to watch. You only have a handful of children to supervise. There were other adults connected to your family, supposedly, who were supposed to be there. You had a policy where parents could not stay and watch their own children during your instruction. There's more. This swimming coach immediately jumped back into the pool to pull out the child according to the report. She along with the parent who also happened to be a registered nurse administered CPR on the unconscious child. Police said the parent was there waiting for her child's lessons to begin. Now imagine the irony and the heartbreak. There's a parent who's waiting to put their child in the same program. And in front of them, they see neglect that is criminal in nature. The instructor did not allow parents to sit in on any of the sessions. This was a rule they had to sign. So Izzy's mother, Doria Scott, was waiting in her car while this happened. She then received the disturbing news. A lady comes and she knocks on my window, the mother says. I'm sitting in the car and she's like, Come get your baby. And when she said that, she said it kind of rude like. Then I looked at her face and I just saw like tears in her eyes. So initially I knew something was wrong and I just started screaming. Let's put up the picture. You see, this is a human being, young, yes, child, precious. Innocent, deputies and EMS arrived quickly. They continued CPR until a pulse was established, but the child was not breathing on his own. According to the authorities, Israel was then transported by ambulance to a nearby hospital where he died. On June 15th, Israel's mother, Doria Scott, posted this emotional message on Facebook. She said, and I quote, 
my heart has been ripped out of my chest. I can't believe that I will never see my baby boy again. Cherish every moment with your babies, hug them tight because you never know. I would have never imagined that I would only get four years with my little man. My life would never be the same. We need justice for Izzy. We called for this from the beginning. We are continuing to stand by that call. On December 30th, Augusta Judicial Circuit DA, Jared Williams, announced that he has instructed the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to charge that swimming instructor for, get this, a misdemeanor charge of involuntary manslaughter. Izzy Scott is not a case, he is not a file on a desk nor an article in the news. He is a child whose loss has broken the heart of our community. He is a symbol of how we should cherish our little ones and hold them tight. Good words from the judicial circuit DA, weak ass charge. We are tired of your lip service. We want you to hold people accountable who should be held accountable. We're not asking you to create charges or violate the law. We're asking you to follow it. Now imagine if this would have been a black instructor. There's a white child who died that day. And that black instructor had rules that did not allow parental support. That did not create a protocol for the establishment of safety and chose to not follow whatever safety protocols are industry standard. You still think this is a low level offense? After the DA's announcement, Izzy's father made this statement. Anytime, anytime you leave a child under the care of someone else and you don't get that child back, the same way that you sent them off, then that person ultimately is responsible to whatever extent it may be. I agree. Let's put up this beautiful picture of Izzy. The Scott family has set up the Izzy Spencer Foundation that states our goal is to help raise awareness and change laws that will protect children against instructor led drownings and more. We are determined that our sweet Izzy's death will not be in vain. Meanwhile, the instructor who lives in North Carolina was expected to return to Georgia to face the charge. It is not immediately clear if she has retained an attorney or not, all right? Um, There's an enhanced level of responsibility when you are in a position of trust. This has been worked out through not only statute, but also case law. You don't get in a position of more trust by violating trust. There should be a historical review of other dynamics that were violated before this even happened. 
that speaks to an enhanced, not only charge, but prosecution. That is not what's happening here. We're gonna continue to stay on it, push for true justice and advocate for better policies and laws. What are your thoughts? What a precious little face. You know, if this was legitimately an accident, this is a nightmare scenario. It's the worst case situation that no parent should ever have to go through. I'm so glad that there's finally some accountability here. I'm glad that this incident is finally being looked into. And I hope that this is just the beginning of an effort to prevent things like this from happening in the future. There should be some safeguards in place for things like this. That's not a crazy statement to make. The fact that parents weren't allowed in the swimming area makes no sense to me. When I was a kid taking swim lessons, my parents were there. All the other parents were there. I think we can all agree that we need to look after our children, not just as parents, as teachers, but also as members of the community, right? We're all responsible for these babies. And if the parents had been there, if reasonable safeguards had been in place, this simply would not have happened. And that's what's so devastating about all of this. Completely concur. All right, we will continue to follow the story, provide updates as they come. We have an exclusive, an indisputable exclusive. Police officers got in touch with us because they saw an injustice at their police department that was not going to be corrected. Let's put the picture up of the victim according to the whistleblowers who happen to be cops. You're looking at a man who was suffering a mental health crisis, but was beaten by the police in July, according to the Riverdale Georgia police. This was July of last year. Rather than facing consequences for their part in the beating, the two officers were allowed to simply transfer out of the department, okay? Now, the cops who did this were not investigated. There was no charge, there was barely a concern. But they couldn't stay at that department, so they transferred to another one. But there are some other officers who said this is wrong. We're going to contact indisputable. That's exactly what they did. Let's put the picture, we got the picture of full mask. So the man at his arrest, he was covered in blood, apparently bleeding from his eye, ear, nose, and mouth. Once again, the context, he was going through a mental health crisis. Several anonymous police officers in the Riverdale Police Department familiar with the incident described the body cam footage as disturbing. One said, and I quote, it doesn't look good. This is what the police said to us. We have requested that video, we are waiting for that video evidence now. The police narrative, all right? The police narrative says the man resisted arrest and his bloody wounds on his hands and feet were from breaking a glass table in his mother's house, okay? That's on the official report. Here's what officer Daniel Molina's count states. The suspect was shirtless, bleeding after breaking a glass table in his mother's home. The report alleges the man shoved his mother. Both Daniel and Emmanuel hit the suspect, these are the cops. 
They hit the suspect with a closed fist after they claimed he resisted arrest. A department insider told us the man who was arrested is the one who made the 911 call. According to the cop's narrative, it says the opposite. The cop's narrative said the mother called the police. Let's put up the cops. Here are the officers and brothers, Daniel and Emmanuel Molina. There they go. They are responsible for what happened to this young man. That's according to insiders at the Riverdale Police Department in the state of Georgia. The Riverdale Police Department would not release the body cam footage in October. They said it was part of an ongoing investigation into the case. They are not investigating the cops, they are citing the investigation into the individual they brutalized. Here's the captain. You have Captain Kirby Threat, who was in charge of internal affairs at the Riverdale Department at the time. Department insiders say Threat did not conduct an internal affairs investigation. They also said the brothers, the cops, were allowed to transfer to the Fayette County Sheriff's Department with their reputation intact. Indisputable reported the same department allowed officer Antonio Vives to transfer out without disciplinary record after he made a more than questionable arrest at a Walmart. He basically decided to walk up to a black male, stand in front of this black male. Black male walks by him, doesn't touch him. Maybe the shirt nipped the cop and he arrested him. He arrested the black male. It was on video, we showed it to you. This is Vives with the chief, Todd Spivey. Brings me back to a guy we've covered before. Look at this. Here's Riverdale Police Chief Todd Spivey and Fayette County Sheriff Barry H. Bob. Man, please understand why this is happening. It's called a good old boy system. The system does not work for you. The system works against all of us. And this system is corrupt and dangerous. So now it is so bad that the police are contacting indisputable. That's how bad it is. Think about the reality of that. Now, I don't support bad cops, but I do support good ones. So for all of you who will say, well, Dr. Rich is just anti-police. You damn right I'm anti-bad police every single day. And I will continue to be that. Now, why are the police officers not going on record? Why are the cops not openly contacting the DA of their district or the GBI or the FBI? Because they are afraid. Who are they afraid of? They are afraid of their own damn colleagues. Let that set in. They are afraid of their coworkers. They're not afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of being killed, harmed, or their family members being in danger. They have told this to us. I'm not afraid. Now, we're going to continue to dig into this and other allegations that we have now learned that are happening in that police department. To the chief, you should be a damn shame of yourself. I live in Georgia, I may run into you one day. 
But let me say this, man. The violations that we are aware of, the accusations that we are aware of, how in the hell are you still employed? You yourself, chief, you have a horrible background inside of your own profession. But somehow you have been able to bypass the normative reaction that any other person would have typically had in law enforcement. There's a why there, we're gonna find it. All right, dear sister, what are your thoughts? When police departments are whistleblowing themselves, that is a big deal, a huge deal. We have enough documented evidence to understand that this rarely ever happens. So you have to wonder how bad is it over there? What else is going on that we don't know about? And more importantly, why is it being protected? And why is it being allowed to continue? And kudos to these whistleblowers because I think people underestimate how pervasive and pressurized a brotherhood like a police department can be. It takes a lot of guts to speak out against your peers and your colleagues, and there are a lot of risks involved, such as potential retaliation or something happening to themselves or to their families, as you mentioned. The corruption runs deep. These are very real concerns for people, which makes this moment all the more impressive, important, and hopefully influential. Once again, for anyone who witnesses corruption, brutality, if you believe you are a good cop or a good government employee, whatever you believe, prove it to us, expose it. We have given you an avenue here. All right, we will continue to follow this and update you on the, the exclusive as it develops. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Thank you for remaining with the program. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're still friends. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. When you encounter a Karen at work, part two. I will speak to a manager. I am a manager, ma'am. Do what you got to do. Okay, we can walk you up. Or I can no, you're not gonna walk and... me up to my room and show me my phone ma'am, to ma'am. prove to you that I have a reservation. Ma'am, you clearly stayed in the room past 5.30 last night. Yeah, I did, because I thought I had another MacBook. You never booked another one, ma'am. Yes, I did. Okay, so there's no And then no you want me to show should... you proof? Yes, so I can see it, because it's not in my system. And what if it's not in my phone? How would it not? How many hundreds of dollars do you want me to pay you to look at my phone, to go to my room and look at my phone? Ma'am, you paid $75 yesterday Yeah. to stay until 5.30. You did not leave at 5.30. You did not make another reservation. I did make a reservation. So that's that's what I'm saying. All you have to do is show me the reservation, ma'am. All I'm asking is for you to show me the confirmation number. You're saying you're going to walk me to my room. To show, to have proof in my yes, phone. Yes, because if I don't see First the proof, I can't allow you to stay in that on. room. There's internet, ma'am. All you have to do is connect to the Wi-Fi. All right, let's go. Okay. Let's go. I have more video, by the way, but let me say this. At this moment, she's saying, let's go. Let me go ahead and provide the proof. She does not provide the proof, obviously. But here's what we have discovered in our research of Karenicity. This is actually the first of its breed. This is hotel hustling, Karen. We have not experienced an actual hotel hustling, Karen. 
in their natural habitat in the wild lie. We've heard of them. Some people even said they do not exist. But now we have the video evidence to prove Hotel Hustle Karen is real. Here's more. To come down here to smoke a cigarette? Wait, is this funny to you? Um, am I laughing? I'm not laughing, man. I came out to smoke a cigarette and now you're saying, get out of our hotel and provide me money. I didn't say that at she all. she didn't say that. that. That's what you're insinuating. You're gonna that's have to I'm making sure, proof. I'm making sure that you actually made a reservation because I already caught you in one lie when you said that you spoke with a woman here. There's no other woman besides me that worked yesterday. I did speak with a woman. You couldn't have yesterday afternoon spoke with a woman, ma'am. That's impossible. You want to go to my room and look for proof? I thought that's what we were already doing. Uh, Karen, I thought we were going to the room to establish the proof that you suggest you have. There's more. Oh, you can go look at my phone. You can search. Do whatever you want to do. Search for what? All you have to do is pull it out. My phone isn't on. Just go. Just it's go just to connected room. to just the internet. Go to my room. That's fine. I need to have a cigarette. If How you want to go search my room, you can. I'm not searching your room, ma'am. All I need you to do is grab your phone and show me your confirmation number. It's not on. My phone is on. So let's go. So, ma'am, how did you book the reservation? You just said you booked it through I your phone. It. Yeah, I did it last Okay, time. so yeah. all you have to do is show me the confirmation email that was sent to you. That's okay. it. If it's on there, that's fine. It's going, it should be in your email, ma'am. Okay. How the fuck do you Does this person work here? Yes, yes she does. does. Oh, okay. <sighs> yeah, I'm going outside. You can go to my room and go search yeah, let's put the picture up, the picture that we could actually get from the video. Uh, we don't have a lot of details about what happened here afterwards, but the back and forth is clear. She did not have an additional night at the hotel. Getting into the argument, okay, that happens, but actively trying to belittle or even suggest that the other individual is somehow making you a victim is insane. You're not a victim, hotel hustle care. All right, yes, what thoughts here? The hotel hustler, what a fun villain <laughs> name, I'm kind of jealous. I mean, look, look, we all love free stuff, but get out of here with this. I yeah. love how they attempt to counter the Karen with logic. It feels it very work. futile, it never works. And, and there's always a paper trail. If there is no paper trail, most people would be like, huh, maybe I screwed up. Maybe I didn't actually book a second night. Is there anything we can do from here? Can I pay for a second night? And like, was it on her bank statement? And what does she want the girl to search her room for? That is unclear, I'm not really sure. Yeah. These Karens, they really know how to just make people's lives more difficult than they need to be. And they wonder why they never get their way. Right, and big ups by the way to the manager and staff. They were extremely professional. I had to break that video down into pieces. It was a much longer interaction, but the hotel staff remained professional and calm the entire time. Big ups to them. New York City to pay $135,000 to an unsheltered man who was brutalized by the police. Here's a video. 
You're holding up the train for everybody. Step off or I gotta drag you off. Why am I holding up a train when I'm sitting on here when I'm going to Brooklyn? Grab yourself, you gotta stop. No, I will not grab my stuff and get off. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Get off of me. Get off the train. Get off the train. Sit down on the floor. Sit down on the floor. Sit, sit. Okay, step right there. Let's go. Oh my god. Long, I got What would cause these coward cops to do that to another human being? What was the crime? You won't believe it. According to the report, the crime was the man took up more than one seat in a damn near empty train cart. That was it. Let's put up the full array of pictures here. Unhoused man Joseph T on the left who was assaulted for allegedly taking up more than one seat on a near empty subway train has settled his federal lawsuit against New York City and the police for $135,000. It's too low if you ask me. And one of the officers involved may face some discipline. The cop should face charges, he won't. But he should. The May 25th incident, this actually took place in 2020, had initially led Joseph being led to Joseph being arrested and charged with felony assault on police officers. Did you see a felony assault on the cop? Of course you didn't, because it never happened. It was a lie. Which means when they put it in the report, they falsified an official document. Which also means they violated their oath of office. There are multiple felonies I can already point to beyond their assault. Mr. Joseph, a man that never should have been treated that way under any circumstance, did not deserve it. So they lied. They lied because they knew they were wrong. Let's put those pictures back up. So there's a charge of felony assault after the officers. Adonis Long in the center and Shamul Saha on the right alleged he kicked one of their hands while they tried to cuff him on a Midtown Station platform. Once again, another lie. Once again, they will not be held accountable for the laws that they broke while at the same time being on record holding a man accountable for laws he never broke in the first place.
There's more. What were the specific charges Joseph faced after this? Joseph was charged by police with resisting arrest, obstruction of governmental administration, and taking up more than one seat on the subway. Now, the one seat on the subway, that was the interaction. That was the reason for their interaction. In court, the charge was upgraded to felony assault. But in body camera footage, first published by the city, weeks after the incident, cops could be seen punching Joseph in the face twice and kicking his belongings off the sixth train at 51st Street around 1230 AM. NYPD officer Long, who also is seen hitting Joseph with pepper spray and putting one hand around his neck. Joseph, a hairstylist by trade, said the incident occurred after he left a Manhattan homeless shelter with his belongings and a few tote bags. He did not want his full name published out of fear of retaliation and we have respected his request. So what do they do? They pick on a man that they believe does not have status. They pick on someone they believe who cannot fight them back. They decide to criminally harass a man who committed no crime. That's what you wanna do with your life? You became a cop to do that? You go around bullying other people, why? Because you were bullied in school? I don't give a damn what you went through when you were a child and you now are taking it out on other adults under the profession of being a police funded by the taxpayer. You should be ashamed of yourself. Your mama should be ashamed of you. And I hope your whole damn family is. I know one thing about people like you, officer. This is not the first time you've done this. And if they keep you on the force, it won't be the last. Let's put up the DA. Former Manhattan DA, Cy Vance, would drop the charges against Joseph just days after the city reported on the incident and published the body cam footage. Last March, Joseph sued New York City NYPD officer Long and his partner, Officer Saha. The filing in Manhattan federal court argued that the officers falsely claimed Joseph tried to run away from the cops and shoved Long and kicked his right hand. All lies. Everything was a lie on the report. All right. Long actually cut his right hand by repeatedly punching Joseph. That's where the cut came from. While the cops used excessive force, made a false arrest, fabricated evidence, according to the complaint, the Adams administration settled the case on December 21st without admitting any wrongdoing. Let me give you details of the payout. Okay. Joseph's attorney, Michael Loomer, noted that Long was not required to personally pay any of the settlement. City lawyers have started to make some cops involved in lawsuits pay out their own pockets. The latest payout highlights how taxpayers are on the hook to defend and shell out for cops, bad behavior. Even when the law department refuses to represent the officer due to the weakness of the case. All told, New York City has doled out more than 1.1 billion for NYPD misconduct cases since 2015, more than any other city agency, according to the city comptroller, which tracks 
payouts. Talk about defund the police, there you go. But why is it that those who are all against defunding the police or reprioritizing policing budgets in order to actually fight crime or prevent it? Where are they? As long as the police are defunding the police, it's okay. But when citizens speak up and say something is wrong, deeply wrong with the policing tradition in this city, there's a problem. There's more. The majority of NYPD cases, police officers themselves are not on the hook to cover any civil payout regardless of their fault. That's according to research by UCLA law professor Joanna Schwartz. Only 35 police officers had to personally pay during the study's six year period from 2006 to 2011. And obviously they didn't like those cops. Of those cops have paid less than $2,125 according to the study. The path towards disciplinary action is this. Aside from the civil lawsuit, the Civilian Complaint Review Board in April 2022 substantiated multiple misconduct charges against Long. They include lying to the CCRB, unnecessary physical force, discourteous behavior, wrongful use of pepper spray, and an illegal chokehold. Let's put up the commissioner. NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell has been forwarded the charges and will have final say on the matter. Uh, Madam, you have a job to do. You have a job to do. Be a leader. Don't allow these cowards to manipulate the situation nor to coerce you. And if they try, damn it, get in touch with us. Any internal charges will be brought before the department's trial room where administrative hearings are held. Long could face anything from loss of vacation days to being fired, that is administrative. Meanwhile, a complaint filed against Saha in connection to the incident has been determined unsubstantiated by the CCRB. Here's how this should work. Both of those cops should be arrested. Both of those cops should have a criminal penalty. Both of those cops should never be police officers again in their natural lives. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve that level of public trust. Real simple, real easy. Okay, any other governmental department, if you had this kind of violation, no question, you're gone, you're out of here, period, okay? Also, there should be a law, a duty to report. If you see this kind of conduct by a cop, you have a legal duty to report. And if you do not, you will be charged with a crime. Why, cause cops do it. If you are with someone committing a felony, if you drive them, if you're there with them, if you provide um, housing after the fact, if you allow them to stay with you knowing that they committed a crime, you go to jail, you get charged. They created laws to make sure they can do that. Why do the cops not have similar accountability factors? All right, just as thoughts here. Yeah, whenever these situations occur and whenever there's some actual payout or justice that's served, we treat it as a victory or as a win. But the real win would have been if this had never happened. This is a hell of a way for anyone to earn some cash, even if it is more than most people make in a year. This person will live with this incident for the rest of their life, the humiliation and the, the physical brutality and the inhumanity of it all. And the crime that he was accused of is literally not even a crime. You don't pay for seats on a subway. Sometimes you get on, you don't even get a seat. And even if let's say 
This man was being inconsiderate of fellow writers by taking up too much space. I still don't know why the cops had to get involved. That's the type of issue that people can just deal with amongst themselves. And this is such an overstep of authority. And unfortunately, overstepping authority is something that happens when people are empowered with firearms to technically enforce the law with little personal repercussions regarding how they choose to exercise that authority. There is no oversight. And there's a reason that over 90% of Americans actually agree that police reform is necessary. Absolutely. Every single party or left-leaning, right-leaning person believes similar in this area. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. I gotta be quick, press for time. Okay, Mishadal, I think. This is so disgusting to watch. I don't know how you can see someone in clear pain and bleeding and continue to try and hurt them further. What is wrong with all these cops and their power trips? This is all this is about. They feel so damn powerful. They are weak as hell. That's right. That's what happens when you hire individuals who are hell bent on chaos. And that's why the former mayor of of New York, Ithaca, New York, came out with a plan, implemented that plan and virtually eliminated these incidents because they gave psychological evaluations, real psych evals to every cop after their basic training. What happened? 75% of those would be cops failed, failed the psychological evaluation. So if you take that data, the microcosm of that data applied to the macro, a macrocosm of policing. That means that 75% of police are not qualified to be cops. All right. Okay, Michael, uh, C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Welcome back, Dr. Richie. The charge these NYPD cops really wanted to give this man was felony assault on their fragile egos. That's right. That's correct. Um, thank you. Member for three months indisputable. Spectrophonic. That's a dope. Name, I like that. All right, Doctor on Fire, call 911. For real, Rashad, you provide something I rarely see these days. Call them out, film the police, be a platform for whistle blowing. There you go. All right. Uh, also, KFZ247, welcome to Indisputable. We appreciate your support. All right, let's go ahead and get it. So, Skip Bayless decided to say some things that were more than insensitive in my opinion. But I'm going to do this. Let me first buy the context of Shannon Sharp, who tried to help Skip in my opinion, and then this happened. Here it is. Good to see you, Shannon, I understand. There's something you wanna share this morning. Good morning, yes. Good morning. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Um, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field. So it struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily, and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, yep. Time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by okay. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. 
Go ahead, let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Well, you could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me. I, I didn't I, know I you was were going to bring no, up. No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where Demar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your not get into your uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay. I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No. Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations. So clearly, somebody no, they had a did not have the, nobody. Let's go, Jay. Thoughts and prayers remain with Demar Hamlin. That's where the focus should have been. He- Skip the lost his damn mind. Now I've heard Skip go back and forth with Shannon for a long time. Sometimes Skip will even see the light, change his mind, and openly say so. So let's be very clear about what Skip did. While a young 24 year old black male was damn near dying in front of the world, Skip was concerned about the season, the NFL, the game, the sport, not the life, not the health of the individual. Damn it, Skip, if it's not in you, You could have at least faked it. The level of insensitivity is so extreme. I don't understand how Skip doesn't get it. I really don't. It was more than inappropriate. Many tried to help Skip see the light. Look at the social media thread. Shannon tried to help Skip see the light. I'm going to try to help him see the light. Now. Skip went on air the day before to offer an apology. Shannon was not there. And well, judge for yourself. Do you think this was an apology? Here it is. I need to say up front that I apologize for what we're going to set out to do here today if it offends anyone because we're we're going to try to do the show pretty much as we usually do the show. But I'll admit up front, I'm still shook up by what happened last night to DeMar Hamlin. In fact, I'm still wrecked. In fact, I'm not sure I'm capable of doing this show today. But after barely sleeping on it, I decided to give it a try. Maybe I'll fail, maybe we will fail, but we're going to try. We wrestled through much of the night whether to even do a show today because it felt like in our minds, we almost can't win with this. What kind of apology is that? That made me, okay, so first I was offended. Now I'm just mad at him. I no longer respect him. He says he's apologizing for, and I quote, what we're going to set out to do today. That's what he said he apologizes for. What we're going to set out to do today. And what's all of this we and our, Skip? It's you and yours. There's no we and our, and we struggled with this. And then you want me to feel bad about the fact you didn't sleep last night. What? 
kind of apology are you submitting? Sir, I submit to you, your time is done. Your time is done. I'm going to say something else and you may say it's insensitive. You've been broadcasting Skip for 40 years. You have never in your life played professional football. You have never in your life played collegiate football. As a matter of fact, the only time people will watch anything you're part of is when you have a black face sitting across from you. You have never been able to really hold down an actual relative show that's interesting. You need that interaction. If Shannon was not part of the program, sir, let's be clear. Here's how it struck me. And I'm going to provide some context that I think has been missed in this. Before I do that, let me highlight what the Buffalo Bills tweeted about the young Mr. Hamlin. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. That is an appropriate statement from the team. Now, when this first happened, I had a different context. I had a historical context connected to some things I've studied in the past. You know, when Skip said what he said, I thought to myself, wow, this man could die. He's not concerned about the life of the young individual in front of him. He's not concerned about what the family is experiencing in this moment. He's concerned about this somehow messing up the season. You know, during the era of slavery in America, they would create a game, so to speak, a perverted and twisted game. And they would make enslaved Africans fight each other. And those white slave masters did not care about the health or well-being of the African they purchased. Only to the extent of their ability to play the game, to fight in these battles. They were forced to do this. This is in face to faceafrica.com. The headline reads, how enslaved blacks beating each other to near death was a great source of entertainment and cash for white plantation owners. Now, I know some people are going to push back on me and say, "Oh my goodness, you're comparing Skip to a plantation owner, a plantation master, or slave master. I'm comparing the variables that struck me. When you can have a human being who could be dying right in front of you, when you can devalue that life for the sake of competition, when you are willing 
to disregard that black body that has a family, that has a community. When you're willing to publicly say, I don't give a damn about what he's going through. I don't give a damn about his health. I give a damn about this game. Tell me why the shoe doesn't fit. Why would the shoe not fit? All right, just just the thoughts here. Yeah, you know, first of all, shout out to Damar Hamlin. We're all very happy to hear that he's recovering. You know, but honestly, when I first read the tweet from Skip Bayless, I did wonder if he just worded it really, really badly. You know, was he making a point that the stakes of the game were still important despite what happened to Damar, or was he trying to say the opposite that the game comes second to the health of the players? But then he kind of doubled down on the tweet while attempting to clarify his point. If you're that bad at tweeting, just hire a tweet writer. And on top of that, I know it's his job to commentate, but it's important to know when not to offer your thoughts or perspective. It's important to know when you should probably just take a pause before speaking out. I think this is one of the problems with our social media and media culture. There's more of an incentive to speak and less of an incentive to listen, which is kind of what we saw in his interaction with Shannon on the show. There's like a compulsive need to create content and maintain relevancy. But this really should have been a moment of silence for Skip. The more he speaks, he's not making it any better. Whether or not it was his intention to, he somehow managed to make a player's very scary and life-threatening situation all about himself. Not only that, but he's failing to recognize the grief and fear that football fans across the entire country are feeling right now. I think we need to keep this story about Damar and Skip needs to just be quiet for a little bit. Yeah. And let me remind the NFL owners, you own the team, you do not own the players. New York cop puts knee on man's neck, on a man's neck in a very similar style as the cops who killed George Floyd. Let's go to the video. Okay, this is a horrific situation where bystanders actually caught the video. Now let me explain to you all that you just saw. Let's put up some stills of the imagery from that video, let's put it up. The bystander video of the Binghamton, New York officer kneeling on a 24 year old Mr. Waddle has prompted activists. He decided to kneel on the neck of this young man. The activists are asking if cops have learned anything since the murder of George Floyd. Filmmaker Daryl Wharton Rigby, who shared the soundless version of the video on Twitter, said it's 2023. And here we go again, no matter what this man may have done, police police should not be putting their knees on people's necks, especially if they are already handcuffed. A police report made after the arrest noted that Mr. Waddle, the 24 year old and several others had been involved in a late night fight outside of an Irish pub. 
As a result, the young man was charged with resisting arrest. Local station WIVT reports that witnesses claim Waddell was, who is of Asian and African American descent, was actually not involved in the fight. Those witnesses state a group of white men jumped a different man of color, alleging police watched from a distance until the fight escalated. Waddell is said to have been one of the witnesses to the first fight and tried to break it up. Officer stepped in, grabbed him, the Good Samaritan, threw him on the ground, according to supporters. Just like in the Floyd case, a civilian leaked the video on social media. It has now placed a spotlight on the alleged use of excessive force. In this case, there are multiple videos with someone on a second video calling for others to pull their phones out and document the incident. One of the videos is only 11 seconds, but clearly shows the arrest capturing the man screaming for others to record and before it ends uttering, I can't breathe. Let's put up the leadership. Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Zakuski, that's on the left. The department has not released a comment, but the city's mayor, Jared Crime, on the right, has released his remarks informing the community an in-depth investigation is actually underway. That's what he says. The mayor also mentioned on Monday, January 2nd, the 24-year-old male in the video filed a complaint with the police. Like all complaints, he said, it will be swiftly and thoroughly investigated to determine facts, including review of body camera footage. Okay, Salka Valerio, a community stakeholder and activist said Waddell has never been in trouble with the law. And noted that on the morning of the arrest, he had hundreds of dollars worth of belongings and cash confiscated by the police from his person, the new father had no intention of bringing the new year in this way. The demonstrators are asking not just for a thorough investigation and for so they're asking not just for a thorough investigation and for someone to be held accountable, but they want the officer immediately fired. They also want to see the police body camera footage. Officials have not answered the request for the footage. We want to see that footage as well. Keep recording, keep documenting. Keep highlighting, it was actually a bona fide strategy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I teach a course called Dr. King as a change agent. He had an intentional strategy to make sure that transparency was a focal part of the movement. Continue that sentiment. Just sister thoughts here. Yeah, like why is this happening? How has nothing sunk in as far as these cops and their behavior after record breaking protests after the, the murder of George Floyd? One of the problems with political activism and commentary, something that we all have to contend with is that more often than not, the messages that we're preaching don't reach the people that most need to hear them. You can have global protests about police brutality, but people still will not be moved to listen, let alone to act. And even if these messages do reach the people they're intended to, people don't always recognize themselves in the stories. They don't assume that they're the ones being spoken to. There's no introspection, or if there is, it's easier for them to just ignore the comments, ignore the outrage, and ignore the lessons because ignorance is simply easier than personal betterment. Mm -hmm. 
They make excuses for themselves, for their colleagues and their behavior. They choose to instead feel attacked and make themselves the victims, which is kind of impressive. And then they choose to continue on as they always have. And then unfortunately, we get repeat stories like this one. This should not have happened. You know, I pose this question to all cops. What do you want to be? Do you want to be human? You want to be a human being or do you want to be a monster? You get to make that decision. Nobody makes that decision for you. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. So there's another New York cop that must be highlighted. A New York cop repeatedly punched a 14 year old black girl. Let me show you these screenshots directly. This is so sad, images of NYPD cop beating on a 14 year old black girl. These images, the video, it has all gone viral. We now know who the cop is. We also have the background of the cop and other allegations against this cop. The officer was reported to have struck the child nine times and also hit the other teens who were trying to pull him off of her and shield her from the punches of the police. The cop involved in the incident, let's put him up full mass. Nicholas Scalzo has been assigned to Staten Island's 121st District Precinct since 2013. According to NYPD records, he has had multiple complaints filed against him, including one that resulted in a $29,000 lawsuit settlement. What you're looking at are allegations from citizens that he has assaulted according to them. One, force gun point, Hispanic male, use of authority, abuse of authority, threat of force, verbal or physical, discourteous, offensive language, race, force, physical force, it goes on. Here's the background on the latest incident on Tuesday at the bus stop near Edwin Markham Middle School. Kayana Robinson saw her 12 year old sister getting into a physical altercation with another girl. The report says Robinson jumped in the fight to defend her sister when the police arrived. The cop gets there, went to arrest Robinson's sister when Kayana interjected leading to another physical altercation. Now keep in mind, these are all children, all children. I asked the cop, what are you guys doing? Question mark. And he pushed me and I hit him two times and he told, she told reporters. I, it happened so quick, I couldn't even think straight. I just thought they were going to break up the fight and take us to the precinct. What followed is where the cop repeatedly pounding on Robinson's head with his fist. She punched back a few times before trying to flee. As a result, Robinson was arrested for obstruction of arrest and her younger sister was arrested for assault. The police brought Kiana to the hospital, though her mother, Tanisha Robinson, was not aware of that until hours later, she said. I was informed that my child had been taken to the doctors, and that kind of caught me a little bit off guard, said Robinson 39. I, was, I wasn't sure why she had to go to the doctor when her girls were released from, the police, from police custody and they arrived back home, Robinson saw the video. I had no idea about it, the mother said I was hurt. It's upsetting when a female was hit by a male, but this is a juvenile by a police officer. 
So it just brings it to another notch. Let's put up the commissioner again, police commissioner, Miss Soul, once again, suspended, suspended this cop without pay after the surfacing of the video. The NYPD Internal Affairs Bureau is also investigating the incident. The report says Mayor Eric Adams commended the suspension, but also insisted this should not hinder the community's trust of the police. The hell are you talking about, Mayor? Oh, okay, when the police violate trust, this should not be a violation of trust. Come on, man, be an adult. All right, just some thoughts here. Oh man, it's it's like what one of the viewers said. This is all just power tripping. It's complete and utter weakness, and it's not impressing anyone. These cops are not dripping in masculinity like they seem to think they are. They are insecure men who have been given unchecked authority, and this is what they choose to do with that authority. I know a lot of cops who have told me that they genuinely became law enforcement officers because they love their communities and want to protect them. They've literally told me that, and the cops who have told me that, I tend to believe them or I believe that some part of them believes that. But aren't there better ways to serve your community than whatever this is? Isn't there a better organization that you can align yourself with to better serve your community? Sure there is, but those other organizations don't come with the same level of unchecked authority and protection like being a cop does. This is unacceptable, this is gross. You know, you made a point that must be highlighted again. Individuals who are hell bent on violence will seek opportunity to do so in a protected atmosphere. We have seen this time and time again. We see it with policing. We have seen it in the video submissions directly to indisputable. That is why something has to fundamentally change about policing in America. This cannot continue to be the standard. We cannot continue as a society like this, something will break. We don't want to get to a place where it's irrevocable, where we cannot bounce back. All right, very dangerous, but we need better cops. We need better protocols and we need to hold people accountable. Always a pleasure, dear sister, having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is at YazK with five Z's. That's Y-A-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-K. And from there, you can find my stuff on The Breakdown on YouTube. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yes. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.